0: This is possibility powered by Shopify start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22 shopify.com slash free 22 shopify.com slash free 22 internet connection required not available on mountaintops or seafloors. Hey guys, welcome back to the uh, college football coast to coast show. It is Friday getting close to tip off here. It is five o'clock in the afternoon uh, as we are getting ready for the Sweet 16 to start. So uh, we're going to jump into our games here that are upcoming. I know that uh, we told, we told you all we were going to bring you another episode here as we got about halfway through. So we're kind of at the halfway point now, uh, out of the round of 64 and all, and all that happy mess. And uh, My bracket was not right. I don't know about you.
1: Uh, well... Barring that, uh, you know, last time on the show I picked Kentucky as my national champion, you could probably tell how my bracket is doing since uh, Kentucky lost to 15-seed St. Peter's, who seems to be the Cinderella story uh, of this year's bracket.
0: Yeah, St. Peter's seems to be the team that uh, nobody saw coming no. uh, except themselves. I mean, uh, a team that's riding a nine-game winning streak that nobody knew about uh and just a crazy team that i think we'll be talking about for years to come i think uh if if they do make it you know past the sweet 16 you know a lot of a lot of these teams 15 16 seeds even 14s don't make it past this sweet 16 point. Yeah, there's never been um, you know and it's it's we might have this one case it might be the first case that we've seen where this actually happens so with that being said, let's jump into our games and let's head over to the West first and we'll jump into our first matchup that is going to kickstart here in less than an hour, uh, and that is number one seed Gonzaga and number four seed Arkansas Razorbacks. Uh, let me get your opinion on both teams kind of together and how, uh, how this game can flow and uh, who could end up on top at the end.
1: Yeah, both of these teams have for sure been tested before this matchup. Uh, Gonzaga obviously got tested uh, in their last game against Memphis. And Memphis was a team, if you remember in that game, they were up by 12 at one point, uh, 10 ultimately going into the half. It was 41-31 going into the half. It looked like Memphis really controlled the first half. And then uh, Drew Timmy uh, decided to gather the troops uh, in the locker room. And he uh, pretty much said, hey, we're not losing like this. So, And you saw – Drew Timmy put up 26 points uh, in that game. And the playoff uh, really has been phenomenal of Chet Holmgren and Drew Timmy, along with Andrew Nimhar. That's pretty much the big three that Gonzaga's been rolling with all season. That's what ultimately got to this number one overall seed. On the other side, Arkansas is a lone SEC team here uh, in this tournament bracket. The SEC started with six uh, overall teams here in the tournament. And Arkansas on the way has faced two mid-major programs in New Mexico State and Vermont. Uh, squeaked out a four-point victory in the first round, 75-71 to 71 against the Catamounts. And then the second round, it was a really defensive slugfest. It was 53-48 the final. Um, this Arkansas team really has been a little bit inconsistent, uh, even in the SEC tournament. Uh, they got a victory against LSU in their first game uh, pretty handily, and then they faced a red-hot Texas A&M team uh, that most thought that, uh, deserved to be in this tournament along with the likes of Michigan, Uh, but yeah, this Arkansas team has definitely been a little bit inconsistent in their last three games out, that Texas A&M game was the first one, and then uh, in the tournament, uh, really struggled, Uh, even they got the win, I mean, it survived in advance uh, in this tournament, it's always crazy, but really, it's been a little bit of inconsistencies on the offensive side of the ball, the defense definitely has been there, but JD Note in this game really has to ball out. I definitely think uh, he has to do better than that 14-point outing uh, last time that we we saw him on the court. And I think the matchup that I'll be watching too, I think it's going to be the difference is Jalen Williams versus Chet Holmgren down there in the paint. If Arkansas can get you know like a Drew Timmy, like Chet Holmgren in foul trouble, then I think that opens up the door here uh, for Arkansas to win this game. But ultimately, I just feel like to me. I just don't know. Like this Arkansas team has just been too inconsistent for me and the way that Gonzaga got tested uh, really woke them up. So, But we have seen this Gonzaga team uh, so far struggle in the first half. I don't think uh, that they're going to be able to afford that this game. But I think that Gonzaga uh, definitely will – honestly, I think the line's at nine and a half. I think they cover that. Uh, I just think it's just pretty hard for me. Arkansas has definitely been a team that I've been riding with uh, all season. But I think their run comes here. Uh, with a loss to Gonzaga. I think that Mark Few uh, and their, their coaching staff is just really trying to get over that hump and trying to get the school first uh, national title victory. So I think uh, they get past the Hogs uh, in this really good game.
0: Yeah, you know, going back to that that Memphis and, and Gonzaga game that we talked about and, and both watched, I mean, the big thing, you know, I saw from that game is that when Chit Holmgren wasn't on the court, uh, you know, it became the the Drew Timmy show. And the problem was is that, you know, that allowed Memphis to climb back into that game, uh, having him on, on the bench. He's not the biggest scorer. He rebounds the ball like crazy because Holmgren's huge.
1: Yeah, he's but, just got that size.
0: Yeah, he's got size. He takes up space in the middle of the floor. And, and I think that's what Gonzaga really uses him for um, on the defensive end. Granted, he put the ball in a lot there in the second half that did help them down the stretch to to come out on top, so I think uh, I think this game is going to be a battle up underneath the basket. Absolutely, um, if Arkansas can can you know stretch the stretch the floor a little bit and get some perimeter shooting that that falls, uh, they might have a good uh, a, a good contest in this game. I I, I don't know if uh, they're ready for a team like Gonzaga. Yes, Gonzaga has struggled, like you said. You know, I think they're just trying to find their identity late in the season. And I think this is it's just a late bloom from uh, Gonzaga because normally when we get to this point in the season, uh, especially the tournament, when we get towards the end, Gonzaga really uh, turns up the heat and, and they push the floor. And you know, ten point a ten point final spread, you know, is nothing to them. So, uh, yeah, I do think they'll cover the spread tonight. I uh, hope they cover the spread tonight, and then uh, you know I think that they'll I think they'll win, and, and I have them in the elite eight, absolutely. Same as I. And then moving on to our next game, out in the West, uh, game that's, I uh, I don't know what I think about this game because it's a it's a it's a three two matchup, uh, two really good teams, two well coached teams. Uh, an up and coming program in Texas tech in, in, in a Duke program that's been at the pinnacle of, of basketball uh, for a very long time. So uh, I, I don't know if, I don't know about this game. I know that it's so close. People have this game really, really close. Uh, one thing I have in this game is that, you know, Texas tech likes to push the ball up the floor. Uh, they're very aggressive going to the basket and, and they push the ball fast and uh, I don't think Duke can compete with them as far as fast break points go. I think that's that's the difference in this game tonight is is the fast break points that uh, Texas Tech can put on Duke. Uh, they, they just can't get back fast enough, in my opinion, watching them this year. Uh, so I, I think, uh, my personal opinion, I think Texas Tech will win this game uh, tonight, and I think it's a, a good building win, especially if they have to play Gonzaga in the Elite Eight.
1: Yeah, this is definitely a tough matchup uh, for me. Uh, we all know that this is uh, Coach K's uh, last run in it at the at the big dance, and I'm sure the NCA is uh, not going to like if Duke gets uh, bounced bounce uh, by Texas Tech. But this is definitely uh, going to be a fun matchup to watch. Obviously, Texas Tech is one of those teams that like to slow you down. They play a really good physical defense. Duke, on the other side, really lacks that defense, so. And then also Duke uh, probably has the edge on offense, so something that has got to give uh, in this game. Ultimately, I do think that Texas Tech uh, is the better team, ultimately from the one through five. Uh, Duke uh, really relies heavily on Paolo Banchero and just pretty much has to rely on him. If he has a good game, then they win. If he doesn't, then uh, Duke ultimately loses. Now, Texas Tech and Duke uh, did both uh, squeak by the second round. Texas Tech outlasted Notre Dame. And then Duke did the same thing with Michigan State. So definitely uh, all these teams have had uh, close games that you're seeing in the Sweet 16. Not really any team has really blown out any team in the second round. All the matches were pretty close unless you were like a Providence over Richmond. That was a pretty uh, pretty big margin. But I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to go with Texas Tech. I mean, I had these uh, four teams in my regular bracket. And I have really not seen any changes uh, to change my bracket. So, uh, I'm going to have the Red Raiders moving on to lead eight to face the Gonzaga Bulldogs.
0: Absolutely. And uh, let's jump back over to the South now. Uh, pretty good matchup tonight. With some two heavyweight teams, uh, the uh, Wildcats against the Cougars with Arizona against Houston, a one versus five matchup. I think that a lot of people are looking forward to uh, this game to me is very intriguing because both teams kind of have the same style of play in my opinion. Uh, I expect this to be a lower scoring affair in this one uh, just because of the amount of defense that both of these teams play Uh, that last game for Arizona, you know, TCU coming off of a big win, you know, gave number one for their money. And I think that the crowd kind of played into the hands of of Arizona being out there out West. So uh, I, I think that, this game here is ultimately decided on turnovers. That ball was turned over a lot in that Arizona TCU game. So if Arizona win, wants to win this game, their guards have to eliminate the turnovers, in my opinion. Uh, if Houston wants to win this game, they have to get to the basket. They got to get to the rack every time. Uh, if they pound the basket, I think I think they could uh, take this win. Uh, I think it's close, if, but I think they could win. Uh, personally, I'm going to take Arizona. They're my national championship favorite for me. Uh, so I- I'm going to roll with the Wildcats.
1: Yeah, I agree with you that this game is going to be uh, fun to watch. It's also going to be a close game. I know that you hinted at that being a pro-Arizona crowd there in that second-round matchup in San Diego, but now it's going to flip-flop as the South region, the Sweet 16. Both of these games are in San Antonio, Texas, so it's not too far of a drive for those Houston folks They just go down to I-10 and then uh, go down south there towards San Antonio. So Houston fans uh, might overwhelm Arizona fans, but Arizona fans is always known to travel uh, for these type of games. So I expect this to be a really 50-50 crowd, so I don't think the crowd's really going to come to effect uh, for, you know, one side. But the way that Benedict Mathurin played in that last game was just insane. I mean, that three-pointer, pretty much you could have said that that was a half-court shot, basically. That was just ice in his veins right there. I mean, Arizona, if he missed that shot, probably Arizona loses. So that was definitely uh, a season change in play there by Benedict Mathurin. I just think that this Arizona team has definitely been one of the more consistent teams for the likes of a Gonzaga. And then you can even argue with the likes of Villanova and Purdue. Uh, But this Houston team obviously has been overcome with injuries of Marcus Sasser and Jermon Mark at the beginning of the season. But They've really uh, turned the tie with wins over UAB and then a really good uh, Illinois team, which I shouldn't have picked. I should have just rolled with Houston to begin with. I've definitely <laughs> been doubting the Cougars all season, but they have proved me wrong. I expect them to play uh, Arizona as close, you know, as TCU did, give them a run for their money. But I think it was a, a blessing in disguise that Arizona got uh, really, you know, tested against uh, TCU. I think that's really going to wake up this team. I think that you're going to see this Arizona team make a deep run. So I'm going to have uh, the Wildcats advancing on.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I do think that was a big wake-up call for them. Uh, And then two teams that are on the verge of uh, battling it out here in the south as well, two teams from up north, uh, and that is number 11-ranked Michigan up against the second-ranked Villanova uh, elite program that I think – With the coaching that they have, both programs, with the coaching that they have, I think, have gotten them to this point. Uh, Do I think these have been the two strongest Michigan teams that we've seen in the past? No. Um, I think these are two of the weaker uh, teams that we've seen from from each of these programs. Uh, This game, I think, ultimately is is the battle underneath the basket. Got to get Dickinson out of the middle if Villanova wants to win this game or get him in foul trouble. That's one of the two. He's very prone to fouls. Uh, if you drive the basket, if you go into his body, they'll blow the whistle. Uh, I mean, I think that uh, – I think if this game is is uh, going to fall into the hands of Michigan, they have to keep him in the game. If Villanova wants to win, they have to go to the basket. So I'm going to take Villanova in this one. I think they're the better team ultimately. Uh, so I'm gonna take uh, I'm gonna take Nova to move on against Arizona.
1: Yeah, this one's definitely uh, tough for me. I know on the other the other show uh, that I do here on Facebook, uh, we both uh, both of my colleagues uh, picked uh, Michigan. I've just been going back and forth ever since I'm making that pick. I feel like uh, like one day I'm you know I'm gonna pick Michigan. One day I'm gonna go Villanova. But if y'all remember, uh, we saw both of these teams in the 2018 national championship game. Both of these teams uh, met and uh, Villanova. I mean, just absolutely overmatch uh, this Michigan team. And Con Gillespie, if you remember, was a freshman that game. uh, Hunter Dickinson, as well was a freshman as well. So I expect this one to be a lot closer than that game a couple of years ago. Uh, And like you said, Michigan obviously controls uh, the size. But I think that Villanova of Con Gillespie uh, definitely controls uh, the guard play and both of these teams can absolutely shoot the daylights out of you. So I expect uh, at least a winner to get to the seventies, maybe into the eighties. Michigan played Tennessee in the second round, which was uh, Tennessee was the number one defense in the country and put up 70 points on them. So I think they're going to pretty much do the same thing. I think Michigan has really been on a a real good uh, scoring stretch uh, ever since. If you remember that first game, Colorado state in that first half really dominated that game. And Mm -hmm. I mean, Flash of light. Michigan since then has just been outscoring their opponents, and Villanova, uh, really, uh, you know, outbattled and outmatched Ohio State in that game. I feel like Ohio State really didn't keep it close in that game. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna agree a few here. I'm gonna go with Villanova. I just think ultimately they're they're the better team. I just think it's not too great of a matchup uh, here for Michigan. It will be close. I wouldn't be surprised if the Wolverines took it, but I have uh, Michigan's little Cinderella run ending here with Villanova heading to the Elite Eight with the Battle of the Wildcats with Arizona-Villanova.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, you know, last point as this game goes, you know, and ultimately throughout this this whole uh, tournament, I just don't have enough belief in the Big Ten uh, this year. and Nor the and, and SEC. I, think I, have, I definitely learned yeah, about that. <laughs> yeah, a lot of these Power Five teams, just not the same thing in basketball. It's very different. Uh, that's a nice thing between football and basketball. We're constantly talking about football and about Power Five conferences and how strong these teams are. In basketball, it's completely different. I mean, the Big East is is a big conference in basketball. I mean, major teams, major programs in the Big East. The ACC is huge in basketball. So uh, you're looking at, at programs even like uh, – even Houston out there in the American and Memphis. It, it, those are two teams that are really good. So uh, I think it's very – Clip the script uh, with basketball. So, uh, But with that being said, that's all for the games for tonight. It is 5.30 now. That's 30 minutes till tip-off for that first Gonzaga versus Arkansas game. Will be a good one. Uh, now moving on, we'll talk a little bit about tomorrow's games. So uh, our first game we'll be talking about for tomorrow out of the east bracket will be number eight, North Carolina. And the Tar Heels facing off against the UCLA Bruins, who are fourth ranked in the East currently, uh, for me, this game I think is is a game battle uh, of points being scored. I think both teams, as far as defense goes, both of these teams defensively are not uh, what I think they're cut out to be. Um, I think the the major thing in in this is is that uh, I mean both teams pretty similar record. Uh, Points per game kind of leads more towards uh, North Carolina, but it's still really close. Um, I think ultimately it comes down to to UCLA limiting uh, the amount of chances that North Carolina can get from mid-range and uh, down underneath the basket. I think if you get Baycott out from underneath the basket, I think UCLA can really push the ball and and really get some, some nice fast break points. Uh, for me, I've got UCLA in my final four, so I'm going to have to take them over the Tar Heels.
1: I have to be honest with you. This was this is definitely uh, the toughest of the Sweet 16 matches for me, and I probably wouldn't even touch the money line or the spread. Definitely, if you're a betting man, hit the over. I think uh, the I mean the way that North Carolina's been, been shooting the ball, especially Brady Manic uh, in that last game before uh, he got ejected, that was definitely what turned the tides against uh, the Baylor Bears, but. I definitely think both of these offenses are really one of the two potential potent offenses you see in all college basketball. I had UCLA in my regular bracket. I almost had this North Carolina team going to the Sweet Six team. I, I called it in my head, but I didn't pick it in my actual bracket. I wish I uh, could have. But I did have uh, UCLA ultimately going to the Elite Eight. and Nothing really has changed that, especially if they if Jermon Jacquez Jr. plays. I think if uh, Jacquez Jr. play UCLA, uh, it's going to be a really close game. I think both of these offenses are going to score maybe 80, 90 points. I wouldn't really be surprised. Both of these offenses have really been clicking in these uh, past uh, two games in the tournament. So it's tough for me to send UNC home. I really uh, like the way that this team has been playing in the second half, but I got to stick with my original pick of having UCLA in the Elite Eight. So Bruins uh, will have another Pac-12 team uh, going to the Elite Eight.
0: Yeah, and, and now we'll change gears a little bit. I I want to leave that last East game for last. All uh, right, because that's it. an interesting Let, game. Yeah, so let's, let's shift the over real
1: to the, for last.
0: Yeah, let's let's shift over to the Midwest now. All right, uh, really good game here. I think I think this is a really uh under talked about game, uh, and that's number one Kansas up against number four Providence. Uh, people really need to pay attention to this game because I think this game really sets the tone to see if Kansas is going to be. A Final Four uh, competitor. Uh, that being said, uh, I think that this game comes down to ultimately Providence has to put the ball in the basket. Uh, we've seen lately from them that they just have not been able to put the ball in the basket. I, I'm not sure what's going on uh, with them, but if if they want to to win this uh, this game, it, it ultimately they have to put the ball in the basket and for Kansas Kansas has been scoring the ball like crazy this year. Uh Bill Self really has that team ready to go uh, from from the very beginning of the season. And uh, ultimately I think Kansas and the Jayhawks will uh take down Providence in this one. Just haven't seen haven't seen enough offense from Providence to take them.
1: Yeah, Providence has been a team that I've doubted in this tournament. I had the Jack Rabbits of South Dakota State upsetting them in the first round. Obviously that didn't Didn't work out like uh, some uh, other upset picks, Uh, but yeah, Providence uh, really picked up a good win against a team of South Dakota State that had 30 wins on the season, and then uh, really blew out the doors of Richmond, uh, who was the Richmond team who uh, picked up a win against Iowa, which I had in the lead Eight, so you could tell how my bracket is uh, based on those uh, two fallen upsets, so but going back to this game, uh, Kansas, obviously, uh, with David McCormick and Oche Obaje down low, I definitely think it, it's advantage. Uh, Kansas uh, in the front court. Definitely Providence, uh, you probably have to give them the edge uh, in the back court. So ultimately, I'm going to go with Kansas uh, in this matchup. I definitely think this one's going to be a fun one to watch uh, in the Midwest. But. I mean, if it's in the Midwest, it's got to be somewhere close to Kansas. So I think the the crowd's definitely going to help the Jayhawks uh, once again, as you saw uh, in that Creighton matchup uh, in round number two.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. And now to our second game there in in the Midwest. Uh, this is a strange game at this, at this stage. Man, I like it. Of,
1: We're guaranteed a of, double-digit seed in the Elite Eight.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know. This is a strange game, I think, uh, at this stage of, of the of the bracket, uh, and that is number eleven ranked Iowa State up against number ten ranked Miami. Uh, I'm not sure how Iowa State really got past <laughs> some of these games. Uh, just a team that kind of came out of nowhere, uh, and at this point, I think it's really. Going to be a battle for this one. Two teams. They they are both uh, around the same same margin of uh, statistics as far as uh, you know general games go, points per game, things like that. Uh, ultimately, I think that guard play comes down in this one, and if that's how we're going to look at this game, I think Miami has the upper hand. Uh, ultimately, I think Miami will win this game to face Kansas. Uh, if they take care of the ball.
1: Yeah, Iowa State is definitely a story that is definitely uh, remarkable for them. This was a team that went 2-22 last year, and I'm not reading mm-hmm. that wrong, 2-22. And and look at them now. They have two wins uh, in the tournament against LSU and Wisconsin. Now, a lot of people I know either had Wisconsin in the Final Four, or at least going to Elite Eight, and boy, were those people wrong. Mm-hmm. Iowa State... Uh, has really been playing good defense. Miami, on the other hand, uh, beat Auburn, which was one of the best teams and one of the most consistent teams early on in the season, and then uh, really was just too inconsistent down the stretch. So they are like four and three uh, in their seven-game stretch and then got bounced uh, in the SEC tournament by, once again, uh, Texas A&M. Uh, so this is going to be a really close game. I think it's not going to be a lot of points. Uh, I know that Iowa State and their it's just been lockdown defense for Iowa State. In the first game, uh, LSU was a high-powered offense. They only scored 54 points. And then the second game, Wisconsin, only scores 48. So uh, I think Miami, if they, they'll they probably get it into the lower 50s. Uh, they might have to get to 60 to win this one. But Miami's uh, defense is definitely going to be concerning uh, against Iowa State. Now, I know that you said uh, Miami has the guard play advantage, but I had to say not so fast. I definitely think that Hunter and Brockington uh, definitely uh, could match uh, the likes of Charlie Moore. Uh, so I'm going to have to disagree if you're going to go with Iowa State, uh, but since we're doing a collective bracket, I'll give uh, the host uh, of the show the edge, so we'll have the Hurricanes uh, advancing on.
0: Yeah, yeah. And now let's uh, let's hop back over to the east for the, the icing on the cake, uh, and that is number three, the Purdue Boilermakers, playing against – you're hearing this right, folks. 15 seed St. Peter's Peacocks. Now, this game is going to be wild, I think. Uh, I think that St. Peter's is going to have a good turnout. Uh, Purdue, let's let's look back at the beginning of this year. I mean, Purdue was the number one team in the country at one point early in the season. I mean, it's team 27-7 and seven on the year. Uh, really kind of lost some games that they didn't need to with the big 10 in a team like St. Peter's at the 15 seed. You just never would have thought that they would get to this point. Most 15 seeds, they get, you know, they get bumped in the round of 32, uh, but two quality wins against Kentucky and Murray state. I mean, two, two wins that I didn't think would happen at all. Um, so I, I Kudos to them for making it to this to this point this far. Um, in, in the way that they're rolling right now, I, I don't know if I can pick against them. I know we talked about this, uh, but I, I don't know if I can pick against them. I don't think Purdue knows how to match up against them, which makes it really tough. Um, and the amount of scoring that they can put up is remarkable. Um, I mean, it's... I know they're only averaging right around 67 points per game and, and Purdue's averaging almost 80 a game, uh, but I don't know. I, something tells me that St. Peter's is going to do something uh, in this game, like their previous two games, and, and a team that's on a nine-game winning streak, ultimately I got to root for them to go for the double-digit win streak. So I'm going to take the St. Peter's Peacocks to move on to the Elite Eight to face the UCLA Bruins.
1: All right, that's a a bold prediction. But honestly, the way that this St. Peter's team has been playing, like you said, that was no slash victories over Kentucky team. Uh, I mean, that was a national title uh, contender the whole way. I mean, St. Peter's played as good as a game that you could against Kentucky as anyone has uh, all season. Uh, And then they beat a a Murray State team that was 30-2, and uh, and, and then 18-0 and 0 in the OVC. So that was a, a team like Murray State that had the guard play to pretty much beat anyone. So the, the fact that St. Peter's and St. Peter's in that game led the whole way. Murray State uh, didn't even wire for, for one second. I mean, that is just crazy. So you got to give credit to St. Peter's. But reality is going to hit them whenever they play Purdue. Jay Ivey remember the name this kid is going to be a lottery pick and who, whatever NBA team drafts uh, this man in the next uh, NBA draft kudos to you because you're going to get a stud I think Jay Ivey I'm not going to like say like he's the next John Morant, but he, I think he's like the next uh, best thing uh, in the league uh, he's really been a consistent shooter uh, definitely hit some uh, marquee shots uh, that vaulted Purdue over succeeded Texas in the second round so I definitely think Purdue has some of those similarities uh, of this Kentucky team. Kentucky obviously had those two uh, guards of Severe Wheeler and Ty Ty Washington, but I just think that Jaden Ivey is just way better than than both of those guards. Then down low, you have Edie, who is just a menace down there in the paint. So to me, I, I think that St. Peters will keep this game close, but in the end, we'll get overmatched. So, but just the, the real talent of Jaden Ivey. Uh, An Edie down low. So I'm going to have Purdue advancing on to Elite eight, but since you're the host, well, I guess we'll ride with St. Peter's <laughs> as crazy well, as it sounds. So, but I'm, I'm bowling up against uh, St. Peter's. I think their Cinderella runs and we're, we'll have to wait another year for the 15 seed to make it to the Elite eight.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we'll have to save it for a 16 seed. Yeah. Uh, uh, I don't
1: think that's going to happen.
0: <laughs> well, you know, these are our two games for tonight and, and, and tomorrow, uh, Really, some quality games. I think with some some really interesting matchups uh, that I don't think some of us even hoped and imagined that would happen. Uh, but uh, I, I think these are good ones, uh, and I think that's going to be all for our show tonight. Uh, we are going to catch you guys back after we finish up on Friday. We're mm-hmm. going to have some more games pop up uh, in the Elite Eight, and uh, those games will take place on the 26th and 27th. So that is Saturday and Sunday. So we will have another show for you guys on Saturday uh, to give you a little uh, taste of what we can see in our Final Four, which is down in New Orleans, kind of close to where we are. Mm -hmm. Uh, So kind of in the backyard. (laughs) So uh, we're looking forward to that, to hosting hosting a good Final Four. Uh, So... We will see you guys on Saturday. We're going to give you a little four game show there and who we think is going to move on to the big dance. Yeah, and also, uh, I know my. The,
1: yeah, and on the visualization, we have this uh, tournament challenge, second chance bracket. Uh, we'll go ahead and leave it right here. And then once we hit the next show, we'll uh, fill out the Elite Eight and then uh, the final four all the way to the national title game.
0: Absolutely. And speaking of the final four, I think my final four is still alive.
1: It is all
0: four teams in my final four are still on the board currently. Uh, And let's hope after tonight, let's hope that all four are still standing there and that's just another day closer uh, to a perfect final four. So uh, with that being said, we will see you guys on Saturday before we kick off with our games. Uh, Please tune in if you want to any comments, thoughts, uh, drop them down if you're listening on Facebook in our live chat. And of course, uh, you can always reach us on our Apple Podcast or anywhere you do get your podcast. Uh, and that is CFB Coast to Coast. Uh, so we will catch you guys on Saturday. Thanks.
1: Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office.